بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسائدوا الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد. So for those of you who've been here throughout Ramadan, you're very well aware. For those of you who are sitting here for the first time. This is a journey through the Kitab of Imam Ibn Qayyib Rahmatullah Al-Jawab Al-Kafi Liman Sa'ala Al-Dawa Al-Shafi Another name of the book is Al-Da'u Al-Dawa The Sickness and the Cure Or the Sufficient Response for the One Seeking um, A Healing Cure And the basis of the book is A person came to Imam Ibn Qayyib Rahmatullah And asked a question Or respected Imam What do the distinguished scholars say Regarding a person who's stuck in a sin and this individual knows that this sin is harmful for him in this world and also in the life hereafter. He's tried everything possible to get rid of this sin, to come out of this sin, but he just can't get out of it. Rather, the more he tries, the more difficult it becomes. What is the way out? Imam Ibn Qayyim goes on to explain in detail the way out from the sin and from the attachment to this sin. However, he doesn't just give a textbook answer. He doesn't give one line or two lines. The answer he gives becomes this whole book that we have in front of us. And Alhamdulillah, from the beginning of Ramadan till now, we've covered a number of sessions. So Imam Ibn Qayyim, he started off by saying that Allah has not revealed any illness except that he has revealed a cure as well. And he clarified there that this is not just physical illnesses, this also applies to spiritual illnesses as well. Just like every physical illness has a physical cure, similarly every spiritual illness has a spiritual cure as well. What he tried to say is the sin that you're involved in, that's a spiritual illness. That's how he defined it. And there's a spiritual cure for that as well. So he's giving him hope. The idea is Imam Ibn Qayyim saw that this person was losing hope and he didn't want that to happen. And this was the method of Rasulullah He came to give people hope. Despondency, this leads a person towards kufr. If we ever notice anyone losing hope, we need to step in. We can't just watch them and lose them, see them lose their iman and lose their faith. Losing faith, losing hope in the mercy of Allah, this can be quite detrimental and quite serious. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, only those people lose hope in Allah's mercy who disbelieve. So if we know anyone, whether it be friends, relatives, colleagues at work, and from their language, from their behavior, it seems that they're giving up, oh, I can't do it anymore. This is not for me. Okay, I've had enough. Okay, we need to step in. We need to be there for such people. We need to comfort them, listen to them. We don't have to lecture them or anything. Listen, first listen to them. Give them an ear. Be, be supportive to what they're saying. Try and understand what they're saying. And this is exactly, look at the attempt of Imam Ibn Qayyim One person asked one question and he noticed that this guy seems he's losing hope. So he jumps in. And he doesn't just give him one line answer. He gives him an entire, this, the whole book is the answer he gave. Step by step, he guides him. Step by step, he guides him and he tells him, he breaks it down practically what you need to do. So initially, Imam Ibn Qayyim mentions the harmful effects of sins. Then he went into certain specific sins, the harms of qatr, the harms of shirk. And then when he spoke about zina, he went into a lot of detail. 
And then over the last few sessions, Imam Ibn Qayyim rahmatullahi says, now, if you want to protect your spirituality, alhamdulillah, throughout Ramadan, we've gained a lot of spirituality through Quran, through Taraweeh, through Qiyam, through Sadaqah, through Dua, all of these are the practices, alhamdulillah. He says, if you want to protect your spirituality, you need to be a guard, you need to protect four areas. And what, what was it? Who remembers the Arabic? Number one? Okay, lahadat. Lahadat. What does it mean, lahadat? Okay, the sight, the sight, protect your sight. And we had a discussion on that, a lengthy discussion on how to protect the sight. So he doesn't just say protect your sight. He tells you, explains to you exactly how to protect the sight, what to do first, what to do second. If that doesn't work, what you should do. So he's broken it down into practical advice. So first was lahadat, then number two, thoughts, Arabic. Khatarat, very good, Jazakallah khair, khatarat, okay? So number two was khatarat, again, what did he say about khatarat? How should we treat thoughts? Like, hey, and what's really profound about Ibn Qayyim rahmatullahi is the examples he gives. His examples are really beautiful. And it just brings the point home. What, what's the example he gave for khatarat and thoughts? How should we treat thoughts? Like, a passing stranger. How many strangers do we pass every single day? Okay, we don't stop to talk to them, we don't stop and say hi, we don't stop and say bye, how are you feeling? No, we just let them pass by. So thoughts will come, they'll come, constantly keep coming and going. Just let them pass by like a stranger passes by. So that was two, so we had lahadat, khatarat, number three. We spoke about it yesterday after Fajr. To do with the words. Lahadat. Okay, and that was speech. And we gave the whole details of protecting the tongue and how to control it. And then the fourth one was khutuwat and the steps. Now, after Asr, we went into speaking about, what did we speak about? Imam Ibn Qayyim rahmatullah yesterday we went further and he actually raised the question. What if somebody's already stuck in the sin? He's already got this attachment, okay, with a, with a woman, with a girl, with something haram. A person's already attached. Is there a way out for that kind of person? And he says, yes, there is. And he brought the same hadith, that Allah has not revealed any illness except that he's given a cure. And then he said, to get out of such an attachment, there's two ways of treating it. One is a preventative treatment, like we take vitamins. So one's a preventative treatment, and the other, uh, the other one is um, breaking the attachment. And we've not gone into that yet. So we spoke about the preventative. So when he said preventative, he said the first, a way to prevent it is to lower the gaze. And then he mentioned 10 benefits of lowering the gaze. And we went through all of that yesterday after Salatul Asr. And he mentioned 10 different benefits of lowering the gaze. And then now he's going to mention the second thing that we can do, which is uh, to help us prevent this happening. Athani, he says. This is what he says as, as a cure. He says to busy your heart and mind with something else. Busy your heart and mind with something else. The worst thing to do in this kind of scenario is do nothing. That's the worst thing to do. And a lot of times we end up in this situation where we are faced with a dilemma, we're faced with a situation um, and we're stuck in a particular sin and then we end up just giving everything and we end up doing absolutely nothing and that's the worst thing that you can do is because that is when shaitan attacks you even more things become even more difficult so he's saying you need to 
bring busy your heart and mind with something else so that something else becomes an obstacle between you and your desire you and your attachment and how 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 is it done wa huwa imma khawfun muqliq aw hubbun muzrij he says there's two ways of doing this either you need to create a deep fear a deeper fear than the one that you've got so whatever you're worried about losing you need to have a fear of losing something even greater a deeper fear or you need to create a more passionate love if you're in love with someone if you're infatuated if ishq has overtaken you if you've got strong attachment and you can't give up you need to create within yourself a more passionate love much more than the one that you're in love with at the moment isn't this the only way out if you're stuck in this sin of attachment the only way out is doing these two things he says, when the heart will be empty from fearing, losing that which is more harmful than achieving that which is beloved. Now it gets a bit technical here, but he's going to explain. Or fearing or uh, losing something that is more harmful to lose than losing the beloved. Or loving something that is more beneficial for this individual than the beloved that he's in love with love with or losing something that would be more harmful for you than losing the beloved so this is at the moment might not make sense he's going to explain now he, he gives i give you an example before he gives the example dieting for example when you go on a diet what happens when you go on a diet the food that's in front of you you love it you're attached to it you want to have it but what drives you to give up that food and have salads which you don't want to have why do you do that because this is what you do you create within yourself something more beloved than your beloved food those burgers those chips those pizzas that are in front of you which you love who doesn't drink love drinking a can of coke we love it okay but how is a person able to give that up that attachment that you have you create within yourself a greater love and the love is more than the more than the love of eating is the love of health the love of good health the love of having a slimmer body the love of putting on more uh, getting more muscles being more fit being more healthy and on the flip side one is you know the fear of missing out on no, look, everyone else is having and enjoying this takeaway food and i'm missing out so that's a fear but you create a deeper fear that is if i carry on eating this stuff okay i'm gonna end up in the hospital if I carry on eating this stuff, I could have a heart attack. If I carry on eating this stuff, my cholesterol levels are going to go really high. And by the time I get to 40, 50, 60 years old, okay, it's going to be very... Can you see? This is what he's saying. This is what you need to do. If you fall in this habit of attachment, you need to create a more passionate love than you have. If you're in love with somebody, which is a haram love, illicit relationship, you need to create within you a higher love. Who can be more beloved to you than your beloved? Okay, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is something he's teaching. It's something to, it doesn't come naturally. We have to learn this. We have to strive for this. And similarly, the fear of losing your beloved. Okay, you need to create a greater fear than that. And that's only that. Otherwise, this is not something that anyone can quit easily. He even said, remember what he said? There are some people, okay, 
they have, in all areas, I, I, I've known so many people, okay, who, mashallah, with their salah, the regular, with their fasting, the regular, with their adhkar, the regular, with the masjid, going out in the path of Allah, supporting charities, going and doing courses and doing all sorts of things, they're fine. But they fell in a relationship. And you wouldn't be able to tell. If you look at the person, you'd never think this person is in a haram relationship. You'd never be able to tell. Because everything else, mashallah, they're doing really well. But this is something, it's the love of something makes you blind and deaf. It's a hadith. We say love is blind. Hadith says the love of something makes you blind and deaf. When, when you're in an attachment, he's saying the way is you need to create a deeper fear and a more passionate love than you, than you have. So now he gives an example. This is the explanation to what I've just said. Of what we just said now might have sounded a little mumble jumble. Thinking, what's he on about? So he, he's, let me explain it to you. Let me break it down to you. He's saying the explanation is that the nafs, okay, and the nafs la tatruk mahbuban, the nafs will not leave a beloved illa li mahbubin a'la minhu, will not leave it except for a higher love. Something which is more beloved. Or hashad al-makruhin rasuluhu adarra alayhim min fawati hadha al-mahdub. Or will not leave it for a stronger fear. Stronger fear than losing the mahbub, losing the beloved, until you don't have a stronger fear or a more higher love, the nafs will not be willing to give up on this attachment. Now he's saying for a person to do this, you need two things. They keep saying two things and another two things and another. So for this, you need two things. To be able to create within you a higher love, and a deeper fear, okay, you need two things. What are these two things? Stri I'll tell you in English first. You need a stronger insight and a stronger heart. These are the two things he's going to explain. Okay, he says, so number one, he says, you need to have a strong insight. Number one, we call this yaqeen as well. We can call it knowledge, a deeper knowledge. You need to know and be able to prioritize and differentiate between right and wrong. Make the right choices. No, sorry, not make. Know which choice is right, which choice is right when it comes to food, for example. If you know about calories, for example, if you know how much sugar there is in a can of coke, for example, that knowledge helps you. A lot of people don't know. Okay? A lot of people don't know how much artificial coloring there is in certain items. They don't know how harmful it is, so they'll never know any better. But the first thing is to know, he says. And not just know, you need to understand it well. Have a deep insight. That's one thing. And the second thing is, you need to have a strong heart, which we call willpower. Some people have a very strong willpower, right? Like they're, they're ready to do anything. Like the young youth, passionate. So they've got a willpower, yeah, yeah, yeah. tell me, I'm ready for anything. But then they can't, they can't differentiate between right or wrong. Some people can't differentiate between right, they know everything. But then they don't have the willpower. We need both, that's what he's saying. We need both of these things to be able to overcome. So in, another, in other words, the, these two things are called yaqeen and sabr. Okay, sabr is strength. Sabr is not just when you're patient. There's different types of sabr. 
So one is sabr when you are patient on a calamity. But sabr is also staying away from sins is also sabr. You need sabr. To carry out good deeds regularly, you need sabr as well. Okay, to, to pray every single day at the same time, it requires a level of sabr. The three types of sabr. So that's also sabr as well. So one of the easiest ways, the quickest, I wouldn't, sorry, I wouldn't say easy. Let me rephrase it. That's wrong. Not the easiest. Uh, it's quite hard actually. The quickest way to achieve this, quickest way. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah? It's not the easiest. Okay? So it's not the easiest. But it's the quickest way. In Ramadan it's easy, but out of Ramadan it isn't. Okay? But it's the quickest way to achieve this. It's the Hajj. In the Nashi Adal Layli, here Ashaddu Wata'an, Quran says, waking up in the night when everyone's asleep. Nobody knows. There's no show, there's no fame. Okay? No TikTok. No one's gonna know, you can't snap yourself, no one's gonna, you know, if you did that, it's feel weird. I was just in Mecca a few days ago. It's, it's really very, very sad to see that even in a place like that, you know, all you're seeing constantly by the Kaaba, by the blessed chamber of the Prophet is people constantly taking selfies, constantly. It's like, you know, if people did it once, it was fine, but this all you're seeing in your face constantly, a place where you're supposed to forget about yourself. Why do we go to such places? Do you forget about yourself? You annihilate yourself. I'm just a no one, nothing. I've gone there because all my life was all about me. So I've gone there to forget about myself. And the first thing people are doing, okay? And so I advise anybody that does go to these blessed holy places, please don't get into this. And it's weird because you know what? It blinds you. It blinds you. So the Kaaba's, imagine the Kaaba's behind me, right? So you've got people standing like this, with the back towards the Kaaba, and raising their hand. They're not making the one. It's a selfie. And it's just weird. And if you're on it looks weird. Like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be making dua that way. It's a mockery out of that's not dua. Okay, you're, you're, doing the, you're using the actions of deen for self-promotion by the holiest praise here. So, yeah, no, no, and now do it like this. Like, at least turn towards the Kaaba and raise your hands. Okay, if, if you're faking it, do, it, do it like an original fake. You know when you go to Turkey and places like this and people come and sell you stuff? Okay, watches and perfumes. And uh, the first time I heard this, I was like, you know, taken aback. I said, this, this, is, this is fake, right? This is original thing. And I thought, oh, right, okay, that's quite cool. These are professional people who know exactly what is original thing. So be an original fake at least, not a fake fake, fake shake, okay? So what, what's being said here is dahajjud. Dahajjud is, um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard, it's not easy, okay? I mean, we're struggling for fajr. And, you know, so if someone really wants to master crushing the nuts and the desire, Waking up when nobody knows about it, nobody at all, and praying even if it's two rakat, you know, getting up then, that doesn't mean you go and miss your fajr, okay? You obviously do your fajr later on as well, but even if, if it's a skip, because that's hard, and it's when you do these hard things and you strive against your nafs, that's what kills the nafs and crushes it and makes it much more weaker and weaker and weaker. And when it becomes weaker, that's when you get a stronger willpower. Why is it that we don't, we, from amongst us, we all know, everybody knows what's right and what's wrong. But what we're weak is when it comes to willpower. We don't have the himma, we don't have the courage. We don't have that willpower to actually give up the bad habits that we have. So this is, this is something that really, really helps with this. Now he says, 
because when you've understood this introduction because that was an intro into what I'm going to tell you because now what he's doing is opening the chapter of love he's going to teach us what love is what does it mean to love what are the levels of love okay you think you're in love but is that real love or is is have you just understood it wrong altogether he's going to teach us what it means he says that it's not possible in one heart to gather the love that to, to attain the higher love and the love of these images this uh, you can call it um, fake love so he's saying in one heart you can't have two loves you can't have love of the higher being if you really passionately love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's impossible to be attached to someone else in this world if you really passionately deeply love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because in us in our chest Allah has placed only one heart so you can only have one in there either you will have Allah in there or you'll have somebody else in there so if we train he says these two are opposites you can't have two loves in there one will kick the other out. Either you'll be attached to someone else in this world or you'll be attached to Allah. If you're attached to Allah the way you are supposed to be attached to Allah, the love of Allah will kick out the other love. But if you're attached to somebody else or something else, that will kick out the love of Allah. You can't have both. You can't have both. So he's saying choose. Take your pick. Then he's saying, He's He says, whoever's love, the strength of their love is totally for the higher love. When we say highest love, we're speaking about the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That besides the love of Allah, everything else seems false to this person. It's meaningless. It doesn't hold any value. And it becomes a source of punishment, he's saying. Remember what we said? This is what Buddhists believe. Buddhists believe, okay, in Buddhism, this is what they teach, that mm, the attachment is the source of all suffering. Attachment is the source of all suffering. And this is what a lot of the Western people nowadays are following, are following uh, teachings of Buddhism. And this is something they've been teaching. The source of all uh, problems in this world is what? Attachment. Imam Ibn said this many years ago, 700 years ago, that this is a punishment, it's a suffering. Attachment is a suffering. You give up that attachment, you'll find that you won't suffer anymore in this world. And then he's saying that all the other loves a person has, they will be for and because of the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'll give you an example. Once um, Hassan radiallahu ta'ala, no, was it Hussein radiallahu ta'ala, no, they came to their father, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala, and said, um, like, do you love us? He said, of course I love you. He said, well, I thought you're only supposed to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, how can you love us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He's supposed to, in, in the Quran says that Allah has only made one heart in the chest, and that is for Allah. So how can you love Allah and you claim to love us and you claim to love your, our mother and you claim to love other people as well isn't it it's true because how is it true is I love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I only love you because Allah has told me to love you 
My love for you is not just because you're my children. I don't love you for the sake of loving you. I love you because it's Allah's command for me to love you. So can you see? Every love then will fall into that category. You will love for the sake of Allah. Love because of Allah. Love in Allah's love. This is how it's going to be. Now he's saying that you come to a stage where the true love will be that you do not ascribe any partners with Allah in his love. We know about shirk in worship, but what about shirk in love? He's saying this is also a type of shirk where you love someone else the way you're supposed to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That love was supposed to be only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he's saying, وَإِذَا كَانَ الْمَحْبُوبُ مِنَ الْخَلْقِ يَعْنَفُ وَيَغَارُ أَنْ يُشْرِكَ مُحِبُّهُ غَيْرَهُ فِي مَحَبَّتِهِ وَيُمْحِتُهُ لِذَلِكُ وَيُبْعِدُهُ وَلَا يُحِيدُهُ بِقُرْبِهِ وَيَعُدُّهُ كَادِبٌ فِي دَعْوَى مَحَبَّتِهِ مَا أَنَّهُ لَيْسَ أَهْلًا لِصَرْفِ قُوَّةِ الْمَحَبَّةِ إِلَيْهِ فَكَيْفَ بِالْحَبِيبِ الْأَعْلَى الَّذِي لَا تَبْلَغِ الْمَحَبَّةَ إِلَّا لَهُ وَحْدَهُ He's saying, in this world, if you, if you love somebody, okay, if there's a relationship, if you're in a man or you love somebody, okay, and then you find out your partner is having an affair and seeing somebody else, how would you feel? Okay, the jealousy kicks in. You feel horrible. It's nasty. You, 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 how dare you? How can you? We thought we had this relationship. We thought we had this bond. He's saying if human beings experience this, imagine how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala feels. When you as a Muslim who says, La ilaha illallah, instead of loving Allah the most, you show love to somebody else or something else. Because imagine how angry Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes and Allah's ghira, we spoke about ghira, okay? We call it jealousy. Now we can't really understand this attribute when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We try and explain it in our own language. Like we talk to a baby. A baby doesn't understand other language. So we simplify it. We speak to them in their own kind of words. So that's why Allah has used words. Otherwise Allah is beyond humans. He doesn't have the feelings that we have. This is just to explain to us, to understand how you people, if you had a relationship with someone and they started loving somebody else, how would you feel? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, okay, he looks at a person and says, you claim to love me, but that's just a false claim. In your heart, you've got somebody else. So this is what Imam Ibn Qayyim is mentioning. So the idea is what to develop a higher love and to develop a stronger fear. For example, you're at the airport. You're at the airport and it's time for Salah. Now there's nowhere to pray. You just need to pray somewhere. There's hundreds and thousands of people walking by. You could be on the motorway. You could be at a service station. You could be in the shopping mall. You could be anywhere. And at that time you need to pray. Now you've got a couple of things there. One is the fear of people. What are people going to say? What kind of comments will they make? Will they laugh at me? Will they mock me? Will they think of me as, you know, X, Y, and Z? So that, that's... Now you need to develop a greater love than the love you have for your dignity at this moment in time. And also you need to create a greater level of fear, a deeper fear. The fear you've got of people watching you and making comments, that's a level of fear. Now you need to create a deeper fear. What could be a deeper fear? Maybe meaning, um, imagine the Prophet on the day of Jummah turning his face away from me because I shied away from practicing his religion. 
And then why did you shy away from my ways? That was my way to pray Salah. No matter what time it was, you had to pray. You didn't have to consider what people are going to think. So this, this kind of thinking, he's saying that what is what we need to develop? You need to develop a deeper fear and a more higher love. And that's when this attachment you'll be able to give up. So he's now saying, He said the speciality of worship, when we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the specialities of worship is is love with humility. These two things go together. Whoever loves something and he humiliates himself, humbles himself for that, in reality, you worship that thing. That's what we say. Ta'abud, worship is when you love someone so much that you humble yourself for them, you worship them. But if ta'abud akhiru marati bil hub, ta'abud, worship is the highest level of love. The highest level of love is when you worship somebody. Okay? But you call lahu now, now he's going to give us different levels of love. Different levels of love. How many levels of love are there? So he's going to give us different levels. Number one, he said the first level of love, it's called al-alaqa. Remember these Arabic terms, al-alaqa. Number one is al-alaqa. Alaqa means attachment. Relationship, alaqa, number one. So this is called alaqa because your heart becomes attached with the beloved. So the first level of love is called alaqa. What does this mean? Attachment. Why is it called attachment? Very simple, because your heart becomes attached. Okay, we're all familiar with this. We've all experienced this to some kind of degree. So the first level of love, Imam Ibn al-Qayyim is telling us is alaqa, called attachment. Because your heart becomes attached. Number two, the second level of love. He says the second level of love. So the first level of love is called al-alaqa. Then you get a second level of love. ثم بعدها الصبابة. الصبابة. So the second level is called? Second one, sababa. What was the first one? Alaqa means attachment. Second one, sababa. What does it mean? I'm not told you yet. Okay, I'm just checking if you're still awake. Okay, as-sababa. Sabba yasubba means to pour something over. To pour something. Sabba yasubba means to pour. Okay? Uh, so as-sababa would mean uh, when, you, when you pour your heart over your beloved. So the first level is when your heart is attached with the beloved. As-sababa means when your heart, your like heart pours over the beloved. Out of love. Of course, it makes sense. You know, it, it goes. So that's the second love, second level of love. So number one was al-alaqa, attachment. Number two, as-sababa. How should we call that? Pouring. Okay, pouring love. Okay. Then, thumma al-gharam or gharam. You see this word quite common nowadays in the Arab world. And that they use this. There's different words for love, but this one is quite used commonly. And this gharam or gharam or gharim, we hear this word when we speak about people that are um, in debt. We call them, this is gharim. Gharam, inna adabha kana gharam, Quran says. Gharim, we speak about somebody who is, uh, who owes you, uh, when you owe someone money, 
When you owe someone money, what happens is the people that have loaned you the money, they become zareem, meaning they stuck to you. They don't, they're standing on your head all the time. When you look right up, he's there. You try and hide away, he's over there now. You look there and he's over there, okay? They, they, they're on top of you, connected to you all the time. This is zareem. And that's why Quran says regarding the fire of Jahannam, the fire of Jahannam will be stuck to you. You can't run away from it. If you run that way, the punishment will come there. You go that way, the punishment will come there. Just like the gharim in the world, you owe somebody money, they're stuck to you. They're waiting. When are you going to pay me? 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 You owe me that money. Where is it? Where? This is it, it, this is where he says, وَهُوَ لُزُومُ الْحُبِّ لِلْقَلْبِ لُزُومُ اللَّهِ يَنْفَقُ عَنْهَا When your heart is stuck to the beloved, Okay, like a gharib, like when someone owes you money and you just don't let go, you want that money back. So this is the third level of love. When you're um, constantly connected, let's, let's call it simplified, constantly connected. Yeah, does that ring a bell? Okay, that makes sense. Constantly connected. Okay, um, so that's number three. So what was the first one? Alaqa, meaning attachment. Number two, as-sababa, meaning Pouring love. Number three, gharam means like constantly connected. Number four, thumma al ishq. This is the one we all familiar with. Ishq. And ishq means in English it means infatuation. Infatuation. Excessive love. When you're mad, when you go mad, when you go beyond boundaries and you do anything for your beloved. So Ibn Qayyim Rahmatullah says normally, this is his opinion, he says normally you don't use ishq with Allah. But then some scholars have used ishq with Allah as well. Let's not go into that debate whether is it right to use the word ishq. Can you have ishq for Allah or not? That's what his opinion. He says that you shouldn't use the word ishq with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's a different topic altogether. Um, so this was level number four. So you've got alaqa, attachment, number two, number one. Number two, salaba, pouring love. Number three, gharam is constantly connecting. Number four is ishq, infatuation, excessive love. Thumma, shawq. Number five is something called shawq. Shawq means when you yearn for something, even in its absence. It's not there. He's not there. She's not there in front of you. A yearning, yearning inside. Is your heart is journeying and traveling and traversing to the beloved even when they're not there. And it's a yearning. He says you can use shawq for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the hadith has used shawq for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is a beautiful hadith. In the Muslim of Imam Ahmed, Hadith of Ammar ibn Yasir, Annahu salla salatan fa'awjazu fiha, faqeelahu fi dalika faqara ama, inni da'awtu fiha bida'watin kan nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yad'u bihinna. He prayed a salawat and he made a du'a. 
And he says, the Prophet used to make this dua. It's such a beautiful dua. Time doesn't allow me to go into all the details. It's a long dua. And it's got a beautiful translation. But I don't want to go into, I'll just go to the point of a discussion. So I'll read the dua. Allahumma inni as'aluka bi'ilmika al-ghayb. We're in Ramadan. It's time for dua. So we'll say the dua. Allahumma inni as'aluka bi'ilmika al-ghayb. Oh Allah, I ask you through the knowledge of the unseen that you have. وَقُدْرَتِكَ عَلَى الْخَلْقَ And through the power that you have on your creation. أَحْيِرِي إِذَا كَانَتُ الْحَيَاتُ خَيْرًا لِي Keep me alive as long as living is better for me. وَتَوَفَّنِي إِذَا كَانَتِ الْوَفَاتُ خَيْرًا لِي Greet me death when dying is better for me. Allahumma wa as'aluka. O Allah, and I ask you. خَشْيَتَكَ فِي الْغَيْبِ وَالشَّهَادَةِ Your in the presence of people and in private, when people are watching me, and when I'm in my private, nobody is watching me. I ask you for your fear. وَأَسْأَلُكَ كَلِمَةَ الْحَقِّ فِي الْغَضَبِ وَالْرِضَى. All I ask you to grant me a truthful tongue in anger and in pleasure. وَأَسْأَلُكَ الْأَصْلَ فِي الْفَقْرِ وَالْغِنَى. I ask you moderation. If I'm poor, if I'm wealthy, in both situations. وَأَسْأَلُكَ النَّعِيمَ الْلَّايَنْفَلِ. I ask you bounties that will never end. وَأَسْأَلُكَ قُرَّةَ عِينٍ لَا تَنْقَطِعُ. Allah grant me the coolness of the eye which never stops. I ask you of a beautiful life after death. Oh Allah, I ask you for the taste, for the beauty, for the enjoyment of glancing and looking towards your beautiful face and your noble face. This is where it comes out. Oh Allah, I ask for yearning to meet you. So, Allah, this is something we're supposed to ask in our dua. Oh Allah, I ask you for shawq. Give me shawq, a yearning to meet you. You know when a person has a yearning to meet their beloved? Anybody's been engaged, okay? And then the time of that till nikah and the wedding hasn't been fixed. Okay, it's turmoil. A person's going through all sorts of things. When, when, when the day is fixed and you feel a little bit better. But when, when you, it's just been engaged and you've just been fixed and you don't know when it's going to happen, one month, two months, three months, one year, how long, a person's going, this person's going crazy. So this is, he's saying, وَأَسْأَلُكَ لَذَّةً Sorry, وَأَسْأَلُكَ شَوْقَ إِلَى لِقَائِكَ I ask you, shawq, yearning to meet you. And uh, there is a hadith, now he links it up with another hadith. He says that hadith that says, مَنْ أَحَبَّ لِقَاءَ اللَّهِ أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ لِقَاءَهُ Whoever loves to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet him. Ibn Qayyim is saying really what that hadith means, that man ahabba liqa Allah, meaning whoever has the shawq to meet Allah, whoever has the yearning to meet Allah, Allah yearns to meet him as well. And whoever doesn't have the yearning to meet Allah, Allah doesn't want to meet that person as well. So he's saying this is, shawq is a level of love. And something very interesting he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he saw the love that the, the, his friends have for him in this world. He saw that there are certain people in the world who have so much shawq and so much yearning to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like I just give you the example of fixing the date, fixing the date for the wedding. If it's not fixed, then you, you, a person goes crazy. So he says that Allah, Allah saw لَمَّا عَلِمَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى شِدَّةَ شَوْكِ أَوْلِيَائِهِ إِلَى لِقَائِهِ when Allah saw how intense the shawq and the yearning was 
his friends had for him when they were in this world to meet him and their hearts were just not settling, were just not cooling down until they met him. Allah fixed the time. Don't worry. I'm not going to keep it open. Oh, one day you'll meet me. Allah said, I'll fix it. What did he say? Whoever is desired, whoever desires to meet Allah, don't worry. Why? Because the date has been set. The date has been set. Ibn Qayyim says, Allah revealed this verse because he saw in the world there were so many friends of his who were so passionate and yearned to meet him. He thought, you know what? Let me just fix a date. Let me just tell them. You don't have to wait for long. The date is fixed. The date, you are going to meet me and it's not left open. That date is fixed, it's set, it's going to come very, very soon. He says the most beautiful life in this world, without a doubt, with no exception, is the life of the Muhib, the people who are the true lovers of Allah. There is no better life than this. People who are intense, who reach the stage where they can create, make the love of Allah priority over any other love. This is the greatest love ever. And now Imam Ibn Qayyim goes into a discussion. It's a very interesting discussion. Shawq, you know shawq, yearning. When you've got shawq yearning to meet the beloved, so to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, a very interesting question, he says, does this, when you meet the beloved, will this shout end? So will it decrease? Or does it increase? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yearning, love is different. When you've got love for someone, it increases when you meet them. But shout is a level of love. So when you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will that shout go? Because you met him. When you meet your beloved in the world, Okay, that yearning is gone now. There's no more yearning. So he's saying, will this decrease or will it increase? So there's two groups of ulama. Some ulama say it will decrease because now you've met your beloved. There's no reason for you to have any yearning because the yearning is over now. You've met Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you've seen him, you've spoke to him, he's been kind to you, he's showered you, he's given you jannah, he's allowed you to see him. So the shawq is now finished, it decreases. So this is uh, one example, but the other scholars say no. Other scholars say no. Shawq doesn't decrease, it increases. How does it increase? They say that the shawq increases because shawq is actually, hmm, how can I say this? The seeds are the seeds of love. Shawq is a fruit of love. Shawq is a fruit of love. Yeah? So by meeting your beloved, does the love increase or decrease? It's going to increase. So if the love increases, okay, if the roots are getting stronger, the fruit will become stronger as well. The shawq will increase as well. Now you might think, how can the shawq and the yearning increase when you've already met that individual or that person or if we're speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
So he's saying that yes, maybe that he says the the shout for liqa will go, the shout the yearning for meeting will go, but then that will create another shout, another shout, a new desire, a new yearning. Okay, to meet Allah subhanahu wa taala, a deeper yearning. Like we know, for example, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has said that Allah subhanahu wa taala, when he saw Allah, there were seventy thousand hijab unveiled between him and Allah subhanahu wa taala, and Allah removed all of the hijab for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he saw Allah subhanahu wa taala, and you know if if somebody sees their beloved, only part of their beloved. Okay, or if somebody excuse now, it's impossible for somebody to perceive Allah Subhanahu wa Taala totally. But if if Allah Subhanahu wa Taala shows Himself, however He will show Himself, okay, that would be one level of yearning. But people will then yearn to see Allah even more, to experience even more. This is why we find in the Hadith that when the people of Jannah will be given everything, Allah will give them everything, and then the greatest thing Allah will give them. Is the ability to see Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and the people will see Allah. They just stand in a state of ecstasy. Years, years will go by, and the people of Jannah will just be there still, because this is the greatest experience. This is yearning, shout, ilaliqaik, and when they will see Allah, there will be nothing greater than this. People will be mesmerized. I don't have the words to explain. Now, nobody will want to go back to their Jannah. Because they're seeing something much greater, the experience will be so phenomenal that the only way people will return back to their jannah is when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will place the hijab once again. Then our people will return back to their jannah and enjoy. And then each time Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will reveal Himself, people will forget everything. They'll lose their mind. They will forget everything. The blessings of jannah will be on one side. The seeing Allah Subhanahu wa Taala may Allah grant us all on the day of judgment. This will be something else. Can you see now? This is the friends of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. They live in the same world as we do. They have the same experiences that we have, but their priority is every single day building and creating and developing more and more love for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. They have they exactly the same. They eat the we eat the same food. We we do everything the same. But the difference is because they're working on developing more and more love for Allah, and we're busy with more and more love for the dunya. That's why dunya becomes easy for us, okay? And for them, you know, salah is easy, Quran is easy, dikari is easy. Doing things for the sake of Allah, you think this this Sheikh looks so weak, okay? I'm more stronger than him, okay? How is he? He's able to stand in the prayer for so much longer, recite Quran. Even when we go, he's able to do tawaf, for example. Even able to, you know, he's got such a more generous heart. How is he able to do it? Okay, physically he doesn't seem it. It's because the love of Allah is much more intense. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ Quran says, the people who truly believe, they are intense in their love for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So he says that this reminds us of a hadith. When you when you focus everything on one thing, and that is the love of Allah, and the Hadith says, "Man jaal al humuwa hamman wahidan." Whoever makes all, you know, we all have so many worries in the day. We've got worry for the kids, we've got worry for the house, we've got worry for the bills, we've got worry for this uh, work that needs to be done. We need to go here, we need to sort this out, this family discussion, all these different worries we have surrounding us all the time. 
He's saying whoever makes their worry one worry. What's that one worry? The worry for Akhirah. The worry what's going to happen to me in my hereafter. If you make that priority, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of all of your worries. If you make the Akhirah and that worry your main worry, what we do is because of these problems, we give up things like Salah, we give up things like Quran, we give up the command of Allah, we give up the Sunnah. Why? Because we've got these small, small, small worries. Okay? He's saying, keep the hereafter and Allah your priority. Do what He wants. Allah says, I know you've got problems, I know you've got things to see to. But if you keep that as your priority, Allah says, I'll take care of all of your worries. And then the hadith says the other way around. Whoever focuses on all of the other worries, Allah will say, fine. Allah will leave you to your worries. Here, you don't want me to sort it out. You stay in your worries. And then the hadith actually is quite stern. It says, then you can go and die in any of the valleys. Like a valley meaning, you know, every, each problem is like a valley. Okay, we get lost in one valley, then another valley. It doesn't matter which valley you get lost in. Allah says, you didn't care about me. So all you had to do is make me your priority. I'll take care of everything. We turn it the other way around. May Allah give us the understanding. So he says, if we do this, Allah will sort everything out for us. And then he brings a beautiful hadith. The hadith says, My servant does not bring proximity to me, closeness to me, more than anything that I have obligated upon him. Meaning, the way to get closest to Allah is through the fara'id. You know this fasting that we're doing? We kind of trivialize it because we know it's just a fast. Everyone's fasting. No. Farad, the fara'id, are the most beloved to Allah. There's nothing more beloved to Allah than the fara'id. And he says that the closest you can get to Allah is by doing the fara'id. So the farad salah, five times salah, fasting, zakat, hajj, these are fara'id. So we have to try and do them to the best of our ability. So that's number one, farad. So we try and do the farad completely. But of course, we've got shortcomings. Our fast isn't perfect. Salah isn't perfect. So now we have to fill in the gaps. Any shortcomings we've got, how do you fill in the gaps? How do you fill in the gaps? By nawafil. Now we do the farad and we think, I've done my bit. Okay. Yes, for those people, if you think your farad is 100% complete, then it's fine. But if I feel I've got shortcomings, when to fill those shortcomings by doing as much nawafil as possible. Look at this hadith, this hadith Qudsi. Allah is speaking and the Prophet is relaying the words of Allah. Ma abdi mithli adai he says, my servant does not gain closeness to me more than anything that I have made farad on him. And then he carries on getting closer to me through nawafil until I start to love him. Allah says, I start to love him. Imagine, we're talking about loving Allah. Allah says, I start to love him. When Allah starts to love you, when Allah starts to love you, what happens? Allah says, When I love him, you know, we just said before, that if you make your concern one concern, is that is Allah and the hereafter. Allah says, I'll take care of everything. Okay, what does it mean? He says, when I start to love a person, what do I do? Kuntu Allah says, I become his ears with which he listens with. 
I become his eyes with which he looks with. I become his hands which he holds with. I become his feet with which he walks. You know, in my name, with my power, with my help, this person speaks. With my help and power, he sees, he holds, he walks. If he asks me, I'll give it to him. If he seeks my protection, I'll grant him protection. So this hadith is very beautiful. Can you imagine Allah becoming your eyes and your ears and your tongue and your hands and your feet? Obviously, it doesn't mean Allah becomes your eyes. What is it trying to say? You will be walking in the nur of Allah, in the assistance of Allah, in the light of Allah, in the guidance. Allah will sort you out as long as we make Allah a priority. The love of Allah should come before all other loves and life will become so much easier. This is what Ibn Qayyim Rahmatullah says in a verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Man amila salihan min dhakarin unta wa huwa mu'min falanuhiyyannahu hayatan tayyibah Whoever does good deeds, whether you're a male or a female, Allah will grant you in this world something called hayatan tayyibah, a good life. He says, a good life, a lot of people misunderstand here. Good life doesn't mean having lots of money. Because if that was the case, because so many enemies of Allah are much more richer, more wealthier, have more material belongings than many Muslims. If that was the case and the criteria, then Allah wouldn't have given them anything. There's a hadith that says, if this world valued in the sight of Allah even the wing of a mosquito, He wouldn't have given a disbeliever even one sip of water. From which we understand, Allah doesn't value the world. The world isn't valuable in the sight of Allah. What does it mean? Hayatan tayyibah. Hayatan tayyibah, he says over here, is having the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The level of love where you begin, that love is the highest thing for you. It means everything for you. And you reach the stage where you become the beloved of Allah and Allah is your beloved. So, this is what we need to understand is the lower love that a person has in this world, it, we need to create a higher love so that it's distracted. That the higher love kicks out the lower love. And until, he says, you'll never be able to give up a sin until you overpower, you learn to overpower the lower love with the greater love. And the lower fear with the greater fear. This is the two things that he's trying to explain. We need to create a deeper fear and a higher and a more passionate love and this is when we will be able to achieve this, insha'Allah. So, insha'Allah we'll conclude on here and from here we will continue after Salatul Asr where he goes on to explain to us another level of love as well. There's a level after this, uh, which is another level of love and then he goes into a bit more detail in terms of, um, he, he kind of breaks it down in terms of what kind of loves there are in the world how do you love for the sake of allah how do you how can you like obviously we love our family we love our belongings we love our parents we love our friends so how do you differentiate between these kind of things he's going to speak about then he's going to speak about um, another level of love which is khulla khulla we spoke about ilaqa sababa and we spoke about what else was it gharam ishq and 
shawq. Okay, he's going to talk about khulla. But that love is only for two people in this world. Only two people in the whole world have ever reached that level of love. So we'll speak about that, inshallah, after Salatul Asr as well. And then he's going to go on to uh, more practical steps as well of how to attain all of this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. Wa